one. We are back. That's all we got to say. Once a week, Awesome Norton, Nolan Brooks, Tuesday Takeover. We're still here. We're in quarantine, in the pandemic, from lovely Kansas, and of course, the classic Maryville Mo. How was it? It's, it's cold. Uh, you know, that storm front came through. And... Does that surprise anybody? No, not really. I'm more shocked if it's not snowing there. Mostly. Yeah, but luckily it didn't snow. It did everything but snow. It rained, sleeted, sure. hailed, uh, you know, a little bit of little bit of lightning and stuff like that. But Well, of course. Not, not, no snow. Very windy out. That's not new either, though. That's, Maryville is a wind tunnel by default, so nothing new. Well, so everyone out there in your homes, keeping you from dying of boredom. That's what we're here for. We're bringing you the content. We're bringing you the entertainment. Last week was extremely entertaining. We did top five March Madness moments of all time, and we had so many greats on there that immediately take you back to, I know exactly where I was, what I was doing when I watched this happen. All 10 of ours were the exact like that. Today, we are doing top five greatest players to play the game of college basketball of all time. Also, Nolan and I seem to have a lot of differences here, so this is going to be pretty fantastic. Well, yeah, I thought I thought we'd have some similarities, but you you sent me your list, and I read it, and I went, "Whoa, whoa, hold so up!" I'm very so, excited. So, I'm yeah, very we'll excited. See. We'll see. Next week, stay tuned. Next week. So today we're doing best. I mean, we're looking at like stats and who we think is the best. Next week, we're doing our favorites. And I know for me, that will be probably a completely different five people. So stay tuned for next week because that's where it could potentially get kind of personal. Like it's, it's personal moments. It's Nolan picking five KU players and me wrecking all five of them. It's, it's, that's what, that'll be fun next week. But today, it's greatest of all time. We're talking goats to ever play this game. So Nolan, you led off last week. And again, we're going to go the same. Nolan goes five, I go five, four, four, three, three, et cetera. Do you want to go ahead and start again, or do you want me to lead off this week? Why don't you, why don't you lead off this week? Because okay. considering right. how many differences I, I'm thinking we're about to have, I, I want to hear what, what you start with. My list is it, it's, it's tough because a lot of these guys on my list also had pretty solid NBA careers. I'd say actually four out of the five had – incredible NBA careers, Hall of Fame NBA careers, greatest of all time NBA careers. But they also, like, were so good in college, too, you know. So it's, it's, it's so tough. And I left some out that I could have put in. Um, it was tough. It was tough doing this. So my number five is arguably not just, you know, the greatest player um, in the game of college basketball. He's the greatest player to potentially pick up a basketball. That's certainly an argument out there. Um, and it's kind of narrowed down between three people, I would say. North Carolina star Michael Jordan. This is a guy who won the national championship in 1982. Unanimous selection, first team All-American in 83 and 84. This is a guy who only played two years of college basketball. That's why I have him at number five, because he was only there for two years. If he would have stayed all four years, he would probably be number one. That's how good he was. 
He won the Naismith Award. He won the Wooden Award in 84. Um, you look at his stats in college. Throughout his career, he averaged 17 points a game, five rebounds, and two assists. So he was a monster. And then obviously we all know what he went and did in the NBA. There's, there's no point of even talking about that because we could spend five hours talking about his NBA career. Well, yeah, there's you, a documentary coming out. I was going to say, I was just gonna, are you excited about that documentary coming out? Yeah, on the 18th. I can't. Comes out, so I I'm can't, watching I'll, it. I already got I'll a DVR, so. But, yeah, it's – he he's probably had one of the more impressive, like, two-year stretches that was prepping for yes. the NBA because – you could tell when he got there. I mean, from watching replays, obviously, because you and I were not born yet when he was playing in college basketball. But, you know, just watching replays and hearing the announcers talk about him and when his presence on the floor, it was so blatantly obvious that he was prepping for the NBA and that North Carolina was just a stop in the road because he was required to. Now, I mean, at the time – that seemed like a really good route. I mean, they were talking about, oh, he should be in the NBA. Go, go. Like, get out of here. Like, you're too good for this. You know, whereas you think about it now, it's the opposite. Like, no, you need to go to school. You need to, you need to spend a year there. You know, what do you don't, – don't skip out on that experience. Whereas Michael, I would say in a way, even before him, you talk about like Magic Johnson had, had kind of – started a trend of all right two years of school and then I'm out you know Michael was one of the biggest products of that and I I've watched the replay of his his buzzer beater so many times my dad has the that was one of the the, top uh, five moments exactly well my dad has the VCR tape of that moment oh my gosh that is so amazing because he was such he's such a big Tar Heel fan, just you know, low key, low key. Okay, I got that. Tar Heel fan, big We're MJ fan. We're KU people. We won't let that get out. <laughs> but so yeah, he's just it was just a really big moment. And Michael, I know a lot of people would say he was a bigger NBA star, and that's that's more than likely true. I I would say that's true. I would say but so. he made a stardom for himself in college that was almost unmatchable in a way because he gave your preview of what he was going to take to the NBA. Now, I know most college players do that, but it was like a whole other level where you're like, oh, wow. So. Yeah, that's my number five. And I know it's – think about that. Michael Jordan's number five. So, I mean – That's a good start. I'm curious to see what yours is. Well, my number five is Christian Leitner. And wow. Yeah. I, I would put him at five because he, he had that, that performance of shooting 10 for 10 from the field, 10 for 10 from the free throw line in the game that he hit the shot right. against Kentucky to win the regional, go on, they would win the national championship, and that would be their second title in a row. So, I mean, it, it's almost unfathomable how well he did. And you talk about, I mean, he's broken so many tournament records, sorry, that uh, you, it would take way too long to list all of them off and talk about them. I think the most impressive one I saw, though, 
He played in 23 total tournament games, and yeah. he won 21 out of the 23. That, that's got to be one of the most dominant tournament resumes I've ever heard from a player. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, Leitner was just on a whole nother level in college. Now, the NBA, that's a whole nother story. But in college ball, he, he's probably one of the most talked about college basketball players of all time just because of what he did when he was a Duke Blue Devil. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a good – that's uh, – low, I'll be honest, it's kind of low in my opinion for Christian Leitner, but I that makes me even more excited to hear what your top four are then if he's yeah. number five on your list. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number four for me. I'm going to go with Irvin Magic Johnson, Michigan State. He's number four for me. This, again, is another two-year guy for Michigan State. Won a national championship. Uh, he won player of the year. All, all of these things. Um, he was NCAA All-Tournament, All-Tournament team, tournament most outstanding player in that national championship season. First team All-Big Ten, two years in a row. It was a monster. Again, I think a lot of people was like, oh, well, look what he did in the NBA. But, yeah, it's similar to Jordan how everyone knew in those two years, it's like, mm, you're going to do something in the NBA. Like, you're, you're going to be special in the NBA. So I have him at number two because he's a player of the year. He won the national championship. He was the best player in the Big Ten for two years in a row. So Magic Johnson's number four for me. Yeah, and, I mean – they're not wrong. I mean, that's not a crazy no, name to have there. That's what's that's what's fun about this. There's no wrong answer for either of those. No, no, there's really not. So, I mean, I think one of the most memorable documentaries I've ever watched is the Bird versus Magic documentary, I'm, I'm, where they could have just shown you the NBA, and that's an entire story. But it goes all the way back to college basketball and even into a little bit of high school ball because they were playing in the same area and they had seen each other before. There are not many players that meet up like that. And that's, and that's kind of why Magic Story is so awesome in college basketball is that it ran right alongside another legend. And so yeah, yeah. just kind of, you know, recapping on that is, is insane to think about. And, you know, Magic, like you said, and I had hinted on it before already, that he was another one of those talents where, like, you're too good for college basketball, player two years, and go make your money and go win titles in the NBA. You know, <laughs> go, go, make, go make the name for yourself that you're already making here on campus. So, yeah, Magic was a – I would say he was a generational talent just because of his play style. And he, what he did, yeah, exactly. The way that he did things was so different than what people were currently doing. So, yes, yeah. you're exactly right. You're exactly Absolutely. right. Number four for you, Nolan. All right. I'm excited because you put right. Crystal Leitner at five. So, I'm really excited. Number four, Pistol Pete Maravich. Okay. I, he would probably be number six for me. That is incredible. He is, he is high. He is as high up as four for me simply because of how he performed in college basketball. It, it really kind of goes under the table how well he played. And I've never – anytime I've, like, watched things on him, it's all about the NBA just because of the passing 
things he did in the NBA. And he was translated more to a, a facilitator in the NBA or was in college. He was the guy. I mean, you look at it, 44.2 points per game. Without a three-point line. Without, without a three-point three line, yeah. Six rebounds and five assists per game for an entire career. His <laughs> points per game was higher than his field goal percentage, which was, I think, 43.8 or something like that. Which isn't bad at all. That's a good uh, shooting no. percentage. Now. 43% on 44 points, that's, that's pretty good. It's and incredible. All the, all the kind of bad things I've seen on his time at LSU, though, was that his dad was the coach. And so that's – people are like, well, maybe you shouldn't really be too excited about that because his dad coached him and his dad let him throw up 30 shots a game. So, but I mean, and it's like, okay, best. yeah, but he still made them. It would be different <laughs> if he didn't make them. He still scored 44 a game. So, I mean, Gosh, I would just put him at four simply because that is unheard of for a guard with yeah. no three-point line. He's my number six, if I were to go further. He'd be number six for me because his stats are ridiculous. Without a three-point line, I think that's a big key of note. I think one thing that hurts him is he didn't win. Like, if he would have won a title or something, then he'd be in everyone's five, no doubt. But since he didn't win, I think everyone's like, ah, he was just a stat grabber. He didn't. But, like, think about the circumstances. Like, are you kidding me? If someone did that now, they would literally be number one. Well, that's Without. like calling Wilt Chamberlain a stat grabber. Wouldn't it? Like, come on. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, he was a Clearly bigger and guard. better athlete than most of the competition, but he still had to make it. Clearly, like, they couldn't stop the guy. Like, you knew he was going to shoot it, and he still would make it. So Exactly. Like, so, yeah. Incredible. Pete Maravich, number four. Oh, man, that's good. Wow, we're, we're just rolling through some legends here. Speaking of, number three, let's go with Larry Legend. You brought him up. Of course, Indiana State. And that's, to me, what puts him over magic. Because, Nolan, you brought it up. They were in the exact same timeline. They pretty much competed against each other always. Obviously, the biggest one is the national championship and then the entire 1980s, 10 years of the NBA matched up against each other in pretty much every finals you can think of. <laughs> um, whenever one wasn't, the other was, and they both were a lot of the times. So they just – this is what puts Larry over magic for me. Larry played for Indiana State. He played for a Missouri Valley team who didn't have anybody and haven't really been anything since. I mean, you think about it. And this guy averaged 30 a game – and he averaged uh, five assists, three steals, and let's see how many re – and 13 rebounds. So this is a guy who averaged 30 and 14 essentially a game, also with three steals and six assists. Are you kidding me? This guy was the true, like, guy – I think – so you talked about how Magic kind of ascended things, play style. Larry did too because he was essentially like a power forward that played point guard. He would bring the ball up, and he was their best shooter. But he would back you down in the paint, and you weren't going to stop him. Like, that's how good he was. He was, like, one of the first, I think, players that we can say he could play every position. He was one of those guys who could truly do that. Him and Magic both, really. So, 
that's why I give Larry the slight edge over Magic in their college years because Larry played for Indiana State for one, and he could literally do it all, and no one would stop it. So I mean, Larry's number Larry Legend is three for me, and I know like my first three here have all been NBA Hall of Famers, but they were just so good in college too that I gotta keep I gotta put him in there. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't blame you at all. Um, I personally, I would put Magic above okay. Larry just because of how he – I mean, they won more they did. Than, than Larry did. But, yeah, Larry Bird was probably the most perfect example of a stretch four before that was even talked about. And it was going to be a long, long time before they started bringing up the term stretch four. And now everyone's a stretch four in the NBA. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, I mean, he was a stretch four before there were stretch fours. Exactly. And, you know, if you if you talk about it, one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time, uh, greater, yeah. one of the greatest scorers of all time, so consistent. Oh, yeah. And it, it almost – it looked like it was a train wreck of, an, of, a, of a play style, but it would always work and it would always go in. And exactly. you know he throw behind the head. Never pretty. It wasn't as flashy or anything land. like. That. No. No, it was no. It wasn't pretty at all. It wasn't. You know, maybe it wasn't always accurate. But when it was, oh man, you had to talk I about know. it. Throwing behind the head passes and it would land perfectly on the dot. I mean, there's not many guys that can do that. So I mean, you, you're right. He he translated the game in the same way that Magic did, and that's why their stories are almost identical. Yep. They run side by side, literally from beginning to end. And yep. so this kind of talking about that, that's why I would put Magic up above, just because he did it that's just fair. a little, just not by much, just a little bit better in college ball. That's fair. That's I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone will disagree with you. No. All right. You're number three. My number three, Mr. Bill Walton. Now oh. – Gosh, that's a good one. Our generation has grown up watching him be a total goofball yes. as a broadcaster. <laughs> I mean, I watched uh, I watched one, I think it was the Oregon-Arizona game, and he was broadcasting, and he was talking about how he brings a jar of peanut butter to every broadcast. Like that – you know, that's what we've grown up seeing, but quite a quite a character. <laughs> yeah. But if you go back and you look at how he played when he was, oh man, at UCLA, two thirty and O teams while he was there. Eighty eight game win streak, back to back titles in seventy two and seventy three. <laughs> I mean, I'll just leave it at that. I don't even want to look at his stats. You don't, you don't need, need to talk about the stats because there's your proof right there. There's what the stats led to. So, I mean, Bill Walton was a part of that great UCLA John Wood, Wooden run. Yep. He was a part of that. And so to even think that he wouldn't be on this list is just – it's like – That's really good. You know, one of the most winning basketball players of all time at UCLA and – just prove to you that if you're going to lead two 30-0 teams and be the captain and win those national titles like you do, 
then you got to be on this list. And Bill Walton, deservingly number three for me. That's really good. Was he the number one pick in the draft? I believe so. Don't quote me on that. I believe so. I think um, he probably was because he played for Portland. I know in the NBA. Yeah, he he played he played for Portland. Um, but I mean, his NBA career almost for like in my experience, from what I've seen, his NBA career isn't nowhere is nowhere near what his college career was. Right. That's so, really, I mean, that's a really good one. Gosh. All right, number two for me, since we're talking about Bill Walton, number two for me is Lou Alcindor, otherwise known as Kareem. The re- this is kind of the reason I didn't have Bill Walton, because for me, when I think of UCLA, when I think of John Wooden, I think of, think of Kareem. I think of Lou Alcindor. Bill Walton's kind of the other guy who played for that John Wooden team for me. Still incredible, no doubt. He's in everyone's top ten ever. Kareem is the guy for me when I think UCLA, when I think Los Angeles really as a whole. He's, he's that guy. Yeah. Because he was unstoppable. I mean, what this guy did in college was just as incredible as what he did in the big – as he, what he did in the NBA, really. I mean, he averaged 26 a game, uh, 16 rebounds, if you can believe that. Um, obviously, he has the most unstoppable shot literally ever. Um, with the sky hook and the amount of accolades that this good sky won is the list is would take too long for me to read. Obviously, consensus All American first team he won the Nate Smith Award. He won the AP Player of the Year, All Pac-12 first team, NCAA tournament most outstanding player. It's just ridiculous. I mean, for all of you out there listening slash watching this right now, go. Go look at this guy's stats from college, too, because obviously everyone knows he leads the NBA in scoring. But go look at what he did in college, too, because he's probably one of the – statistically, he's the most dominant player to play this game in college and the NBA. So, Kareem – Lou Alcindor is what he was in UCLA, number two on my list. That's why I didn't have Bill Walton, because – when I think UCLA, when I think of John Wooden, I think of Lou Alcindor. Yeah, so that's fair. Kind of a- I, I mean, it's not crazy to think about. Kareem is – that's why Kareem's in the conversation for the greatest basketball player of all time. Right. And that's where you have to bring into consideration his collegiate career alongside his NBA career. His NBA career was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But if you include his collegiate career, oh, man. It he might, might not even ever. be close. No, if you include his college and NBA, he's probably the greatest player ever. Exactly. So, I mean, Kareem, at, and at the time, like we've been saying, Luau Sender yes. was phenomenal. He was <laughs> Will Chamberlain 2.0. Yes, he was. And if yeah. you, I don't know if you've watched the Kareem Abdul Jabbar documentary on HBO, but I have. he worked out with Wilt Chamberlain. Yep. Because Will Chamberlain was his idol, and that's who they were. They grew the up as almost in a way they were considered outcasts because of how big of athletes they were exactly. and how dominant they were. But they made it the best of it and turned it into a phenomenal career. So, yes. yeah, I agree with it. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I said this already. If he's not in your top two, I mean, come on. <laughs> exactly. He's got to be. He's got to be. All right. 
Are you ready for a surprise? I am. I've been waiting. You've been teasing it the whole time. I'm very excited. <sighs> Compose myself. Okay. okay. Number two on my list, Sabrina Ionescu from oh, Oregon women's basketball. Now, I know this is a newer addition to this list. It is. But I would call her the greatest female college player, or one of. Yeah. But the reason she makes number two for me, she is the only Division I athlete for basketball to score 2,000 points, dish 1,000 assists, and grab 1,000 rebounds. Now, think about that. Think about who we just talked about. He didn't do that. <laughs> no, he did not. Kareem didn't do it, and she no, did. did so for that very reason, to become the only D1 player to eclipse those marks, she's got to be number two as the greatest college basketball player of all time. She I, has to be. I love that pick so much. I, I think definitely in my time, when I think of women's basketball, I think Brianna Stewart for me, think of because UConn's powerhouse and oh, you could pick a I bunch of their UConn best player players. ever yeah oh yeah but the stats that I that honestly like out of all the like things that have been canceled and everything felt the most for her out of all the players in the nation I literally felt the most for her because the sole reason that she even came back to play at all because is because she said she was going to win a championship before. She'd already be in the WNBA tearing it up. The only reason that she's still in Oregon is because she was going to win a championship. She was that good and that determined. And then it all got canceled. I felt the most for her. I'm so glad that she's number two. That's incredible. I mean, the stats back it up, though. I got to admit, the stats back it up. Jeez, especially when you put it against Kareem like that. That's just <laughs> excuse me. All right. The moment you've all been waiting for, people. Now I think if you were to kind of guess, if you've been listening all the way, you could kind of guess where Nolan's headed, where I'm headed. My number one <laughs> is Kristen Leitner. Now, like I said, this is not our favorites. This is not, this is who I think's the best. He would not be my number one favorite, of course. I mean, the dude has a documentary about him called I Hate Christian Leighton. So there's that. But you know why people hate him, Nolan? Because he was the best. Because there was nothing he couldn't do, and he was so dominant. When I th I, and the reason that I have him number one is because when I think of college basketball, I think when a lot of people think of college basketball, they think of Christian Leighton. Because he didn't really do anything in the NBA. He was so good in college. Think about this. He was so good in college that he made the dream team in the Olympics with Jordan, Barkley, um, the list goes on, Magic, Larry Bird, all the guys that I've already mentioned. He was on that team because he was so good in college. Think about that. When is that? He played for the literally the greatest basketball team of all time because of how good he was in college. He's my number one. Like the accolades, the tournament accolades especially, everyone hated him because he beat them. That's what it comes down to. And when I think of college basketball, I think when a lot of people think of college basketball, they think of Christian Lake. Whereas you think of Jordan, NBA. Kareem, NBA. 
Magic, Larry Bird, all NBA. Of course. When you think of Christian Leitner, you think, oh, Duke. God, I hated when he played for college basketball and made that shot against Kentucky. Everyone knows it. He's number one for me. I'm sorry if that pains you. He is your number five, but he's my definite number one. Oh, man. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't know why you disagree. I don't know, I don't know how you could disagree. You would not call him the greatest college basketball player of all time. I think – I just – I think he's, he's on the list, obviously. He's a number five for me, but I put people above him. That's fun. I personally would. It's okay. I would not. It's okay. It is. It is All right, well, I'm keeping it short and sweet. My number one, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All right, good show. We'll see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, Kareem has to be. I mean. He does. Well, what what else do you say? 88-2 and at UCLA? Yeah. Would have won four national titles if freshmen weren't – if because freshmen were not allowed to play up on the – varsity team at the time yep come on come on there's no other ncaa player that would that basically has four has a title in every single year they played that's true come on so i mean obvious reasons crew abdul jabbar numero uno for me gosh i mean like i said he's already if he's not in your top two then something's wrong because The stats back it up. The wins back it up. The rings back it up. I just – the biggest difference for me is when I think college basketball, I think Christian Leitner. And with Kareem, you could say he's the best NBA player of all time, not just college. So, I just – it's – I mean, I can't disagree necessarily because all the stats and accolades and everything, the list goes on and on and on. He's a legend. He's a beast. He was unguardable. All of these guys were unguardable. All of my five. All right, so let's wrap it up. Your five again from five to one. Number five, Christian Leitner. Probably one of the greatest Duke Blue Devils of all time. Number four, Pistol Pete Maravich. The greatest LSU player of all time. Shaquille O'Neal's coming close. That's another story for another day. Number three, Bill Walton. Probably one of the greatest UCLA Bruins of all time. Part of the John Wooden magical run. Number two, Sabrina Ionescu, greatest female college basketball player, or one of. Only D1 player to do 2,000 points, 1,000 assists, 1,000 rebounds. And number one, Lou Alcender, otherwise known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, greatest five basketball, college basketball players of all time. For me. And I got Jordan, Magic, Larry Legend, Kareem, and Christian Leitner in that order. So, gosh, these are just incredible lists. A lot of these guys had incredible NBA careers. Sabrina Ionescu is going to have one of the best WNBA careers that I think we're ever going to see because she can do it all, like Nolan was just saying, <laughs> clearly. Um, gosh, I just – I wish I could have seen a lot of these players play. I. All five of my guys I never got to actually see play. So next week, though, all five of my guys will be guys that I have seen and are my favorites of all time. So stay tuned for that. 
because top five favorite college basketball players of all time, Nolan and I will probably have drastically different lists, and I can't wait. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, all right. We will see you next week. Everyone stay safe. Nolan, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, everybody. Keep washing your hands. Stay inside. Good hygiene leads to the end of the coronavirus, okay? We got to get through this so that we get sports back. Yes. We're, we're close. Please, please. Hold Let's on do this together. Hold on for a little bit longer. It's almost, I, I can feel it. We're bringing you the entertainment next week. We'll see you then.